The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is 630 Chad Afternoons with Jaylen Nye featuring guest hosts Morgan Black and Brad Whisker. And we are uh, we're having almost a snow day. It kind of feels well, like a fun, it, a fun snow It does. Day. It, has, it has that feel that there could be snow on the way. Fortunately, <laughs> no snow. And it's actually going to be a beautiful week. After today, things get... Like for, for early October in Edmonton, it's going to be 11, 12, 13, sunny. Whoa. So we just had a little stopgap of really crappy weekend weather. It was just dreary. Oh, dropping the C word. But oh. as of tomorrow, things get a lot better. So, I mean, we'll just focus on the positive and hope that uh, fall actually sticks around for more than a week or two. We are begging you fall. We had too much rain in the summer. Please give us one full season of something. All right, also on topical news of the day, a Southern Alberta man who shot at suspective now we have to we have to clarify these are suspected why can't I say sus, suspected? There we go. Suspected thieves on his rural property is now being sued by one of the suspected thieves. So a statement of claim says Ryan Watson entered Edward Maurice's property near Okotoks, which is south of Calgary, of course, on February 25th, 2018. It says that when he and an accomplice were discovered, Maurice fired a warning shot that then struck Watson's arm. So the suit alleges Maurice was negligent for firing a gun without consideration for others in the area and for failing to exhaust reasonable and less violent options, which would be, you know, like calling the police or shouting a warning. He just went allegedly straight for the shot. So now Watson is seeking damages for pain and suffering and for loss of income. So obviously this is stirring up a lot of different emotions, uh, specifically with Alberta farmers and when it comes to right to protect your property. So we have tapped in to Paul Doroshenko, who's in Vancouver. He's a criminal defense lawyer to kind of take us into into the case. Hi, Paul. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? We are well. Now, initial initial reactions to this situation, Paul? Well, I can understand why people looking at it uh, would think that it's uh, ridiculous that he could sue because, of course, he's unlawfully on the property. Um, the um, the farmer, the homeowner, is looking at him and, and seeing him committing an offense on the property uh, and comes to the conclusion that, you know, you're on a farm, right? Uh, the, the, the police are always a long way away when you're on a farm. Uh, the, you know, sort of the, the law is the law of your farm. Um, and here this fellow's coming along and suing. But when you stop and, and break down the claim, uh, you can see he's actually, you know, there's something to this. And uh, I think it's probably a good claim. Do you find it um, reasonable that, that they're saying that the first thing he should have done was phone for the police or, or issue a warning of some kind? Because I, I, living in an urban environment, would think my immediate reaction would be to, to call the authorities. But perhaps that's not the case when you look at the different demographics of where you're living. Well, I lived on a farm north of Stony Plain. And I can tell you, you know, if somebody shows up in your yard uh, at nighttime, you're concerned. And uh, it's not unusual to show up at your doorstep standing there with your gun. Uh, but what do you do? You know, you, they, you, don't, you don't just shoot at people. Um, you don't just shoot your weapon. I mean, you, you, you warn them. Uh, and this was not somebody who was banging on their front door or something like that and trying to get into their home. It was somebody who was, you know, probably drunk, hanging out by one of their vehicles or an outbuilding or something like that. So when we think about negligence, and this is a lawsuit in negligence, we start with the uh, sort of the, the, the simple test, which is there's a duty of care 
there's a breach of the duty and there's damage resulting and it's reasonably foreseeable. Well, there is a duty of care. I mean, you have a duty of care not to point a weapon at somebody and not to discharge a firearm in a manner that is, you know, can injure somebody. So there's a, certainly a duty of care. There's a breach of the duty because he fired the firearm and there's damage resulting. The fellow is, is badly injured. Is it reasonably foreseeable that if you discharge a firearm uh, as you're pointing it in the general direction of somebody, uh, that it's going to ricochet and hit the person? Yeah, it is. So, you know, when it comes down to this lawsuit, it sounds like a meritorious claim. Paul, when it comes to, uh, when it comes to the part of, you know, calling for police or, or shouting a warning, um, I think sometimes people, too, when there's intruders on their property, that, you know, mentioning that you may call police or shouting at them it may not scare them off it may actually encourage them encourage them to get closer and 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 pursue violent action is that something that can be argued here you know that's i'm certainly something that can be argued but is it reasonable and realistic under the circumstances i mean you you know your first thing if you're going to fire your gun you don't point it in that direction right if you fire the uh, uh a firearm straight up in the air the bullet goes straight up and comes straight down and it comes down no harder than a hailstone uh, if you if you fire it at somebody, you've got to expect that it's going to be you know propelled at the speed of a bullet, even if it ricochets off something. So you know, it, I think in these circumstances, the very first thing that you do is you just call out. You know, I've confronted people breaking into my building here in Vancouver uh, and called out. And in Edmonton, once in the house I was living in, too, there was somebody breaking in when I came in the front door, uh, and they ran out the back. So, you know, this is not, uh, somebody in that circumstance is likely to see that you're standing there with a firearm. Uh, you know, get away from my property or I'll shoot uh, is usually going to be sufficient to deal with somebody like that. And if it isn't, close your door um, and call the police. Those are the first things to do. When we, we discussed that these were suspected thieves, would the story or the uh, charges or anything like that have changed if, for instance, he had seen one of them carrying one of his valuables, like when, when the line crosses from their suspected thieves to I saw them doing this, does that, does that make a difference? I, I don't think so. I mean, you, you're not allowed to shoot somebody because they steal something from your house. It, it's got to be a reasonable response. If somebody comes breaking into your house uh, and you've got a, uh, you know, a threat that they are going to do violence to you, they come running at your house. If the guy's running at you with an axe or something like that and he's, he's 20 feet away and you shoot at him, okay. Uh, but if they're out at some, you know, 30 meters away, uh, breaking into some uh, car that you've got or trying to get into some car that you've got, uh, it's completely unrealistic or inappropriate to be pointing that weapon and firing it. Uh, and this person escaped criminal responsibility. Okay, that's fine. You know, the, the prosecution, the Crown has to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt. And they made the decision in the end that they weren't going to be able to do that after they've got this report. Uh, that said that it was a ricochet, but to say that you know it wasn't a um, you know a, a negligent act to fire that firearm is is a um, you know is a stretch. In this case, you've got somebody who uh, you know is out there. There's no indication that they've got a weapon, and you've done nothing to warn them that you're going to fire a firearm in their direction. Uh, and you know I, I'm sorry to say that property crime is pretty common. It doesn't justify shooting at people. Paul, do you think that the outcome of this case could set a precedent for future instances of this kind? I'd be surprised if it ends up going to court. Uh, you know, it's the type of thing that normally would uh, would end with some sort of settlement. 
uh, whether or not the uh, the insurance for the homeowner will cover it, whether or not the homeowner, you know, the individual who fired this firearm will be required to pay out of pocket. Uh, it's the type of thing that they're going to sit down with a lawyer, and the lawyer is going to look at it and say, look, you know, you should be aiming to settle this case because uh, you're, you're not likely to succeed. You know, a lot of these negligence um, issues that relate to cases such as this are so clearly resolved uh, by our courts that, you know, any lawyer who's looking at it is likely to come to the same conclusion. Now, there's a breach of the care, uh, there's a duty of care, a breach of that duty of care and damage resulting. Um, so, you know, it's a strong case. It's a strong case. Would it be precedent setting? Uh, no more than the thousands of other negligence cases that are out there uh, that deal with all sorts of different issues like this. All right, that is the voice of Paul Doroshenko, a criminal defense lawyer in Vancouver. Thank you, Paul. Yeah, nice to speak with you. Morgan Black and Brad Whisker. And our, our guest, Paul Doroshenko, has lit up the text line. We, uh, we have some strong feedback on the gentleman who is now, who, who was a suspected intruder, but then was shot by the homeowner and is now, or allegedly shot, and is now suing for damages. Um, text line says, hi, I'm a farmer. I have tens of thousands of dollars worth of fuel and equipment stolen over the last few years. That's in Drayton Valley. The police are too busy to respond. They say, if you are unlawfully on my land, you will be shot. Another listener says, this is Trevor. He says, there's also a 0% chance of being shot when you're not breaking into somebody's property. Another says, your guest is dead wrong. It's your property to protect. The police will not be there to protect you and your property. These criminals need to know that if they make the decision to steal the, cons- the consequences, it could be deadly. I mean, I, I, do, I do understand the sense of, of fear. And I do not live in a rural environment, so I haven't, I haven't really been in that, in that scenario where you're thinking oh my gosh, like what could happen? My house when I was in junior high was actually broken into and my mom and I drove up and she was picking me up from school and our front door was swinging open. And I just thought to myself, like it was it was a moment of pure terror, right? Because you don't know, you don't know who's in your house. You don't know if you're safe. You don't know what's been taken. So on a small scale, I do have sympathy to people who are saying, oh my gosh, like we, we are vulnerable if there's no police immediately there to get you. Um, and Alberta farmers were also asked about this case and here's what they had to say. He has no right when he's on my property without my permission, period. And I think it's absolutely terrible that this owner is being subjected to all this crap. It's absolutely ridiculous that somebody thinks they have a right to go after them after they trespassed and threatened that person on his family or his livestock or other property. It's absolutely crazy. Our government or law has to change, I think. We have to have some rights too. And those are the voices of Alberta farmers responding to the case of a southern Alberta man who shot at suspected thieves on his rural property and is now being sued by one of those people. I just, I, I get, I get where they're coming from. It just, it's a tough situation to be in because I don't think the first response should ever be to shoot. But I also understand, even like I said, on that on that small scale, you come home and you see the doors wide open that you're just filled with fear. And at the moment, you're kind of like, what is the most tangible action I can take? 
Yeah, and it doesn't even necessarily mean that doors are open or glass has been broken. I think these special cases, you know, you can include Colton, the Colton Bushy case in this, and now we have Edward Maurice involved in in a situation of his own. I think a lot of these people, some of them for sure, have been farmers for a very long time. This isn't the first time that somebody has stepped foot on their property and it's considered trespassing and they get concerned. And I wonder if there's a bigger conversation to be had, because once it happens a few times, like anything else in life, your patience wears very thin. And they're not necessarily walking out there, in Edward Maurice's case, looking to kill. They're just tired of it happening. And at the same time, they're tired of that slow response time that has been so well documented across Alberta in rural areas. And governments past and present have committed funding and commitment after commitment, but year over year are things changing and again it's like any other issue whether it's urban or rural after a certain amount of time you want affirmative action and you want to see numbers you want to see results and you want to see that things are actually changing and that doesn't mean that i'm supporting people like edward maurice to step outside of their home and start shooting a gun allegedly across his farmland there's many different solutions and many different things that can be done and like I said it is part of a greater conversation but I can appreciate people in rural areas who are tired of waiting and waiting and waiting and that can drive people to take actions into their own hands. Right because you get into the the scope of what if what if I don't take these necessary precautions what if I wait and if you don't know the intentions of the people. Are they just kids running across the field messing around or are they is this a group of people with some foul intentions on myself my family my property and everything i own listener from red deer says i farm in rural alberta and live in an area where if you quote end up on my driveway it's quite often very clear you are not there to sell me girl scout cookies and i have to automatically assume you're a threat to my family rather than a long lost cousin you will be confronted one way or another firstly and then cops might be called that's from dj another listener says it's part of my job to trespass quote on someone's land and i have the legal right to do so under our laws i make an effort to ensure that the landowners know i am there but sometimes that is impossible i have had encounters with their very threatening owners and you just don't know. That's the problem. That's why it is important to take those extra steps. But when you're when you're scared, uh, quite often I think that's the response that takes over. You have to look out. Well, we we had that one text come in, and he had said he or she had said that over the years, ten thousand or thousands and thousands of dollars of fuel mm-hmm. and product taken from his property. When you're in a situation like that, and it's happened to you multiple times, and again, I'm not supporting one side or another, but. It does beg the question: What is he? What is he supposed to do? This is this is his life, and he's been everything has been taken from him. Not everything, but a lot has been taken from him. Sometimes you just don't want to wait for the cops anymore. Morgan Black and Brad Whisker filling in on six thirty chat afternoons with Jalen Nye to the best intro music. It just really gets you pumped up. We're talking about a Southern Alberta man who shot at suspected thieves on his rural property and is now being sued by one of the suspected thieves. Glenn from Red Deer called in and he has a comment on rural crime and trespassing. Hi, Glenn. Hi, how are you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Yeah, two things. One, I have a good friend who lived on the farm and uh, three guys uh, came on his property as a wife and two young daughters. 
he told them to get off. They didn't get off, so he uh, started firing his gun, and they got off quick. And, you know, him and I have talked about it a lot of times, and he said, well, I suppose I get in trouble, but I'm not going to wait till they rape my wife or my daughters and end the story. But I have to tell you something. I worked down in Texas, and I just really laugh at those Texans, but they were telling me how they handled some of these things. And uh, I said to him, oh, I think you're exaggerating. And he said, Google it. And if you Google rural crime rate in Texas, you will find out they have one of the lowest rural crime rates because anytime after 10 o'clock at night, if you're not where you're supposed to be and you're on their property, especially trying to steal something, they can shoot you. Glenn, and thanks. Crooks, oh, sorry, go ahead. These, these crooks, these people, you know, you often hear of a guy who was breaking into a store downtown Edmonton. The police came and he ended up getting shot or whatever. Well, you know what? I'm an old guy. And if he wouldn't have been breaking into the store, he wouldn't have got shot. we got to get tougher. we got to be caught. Glenn, thanks, thanks for taking the time for to call time in. And, oh, uh, yeah. Tell Jalen, I hope she gets better. We will tell her. Thanks, Glenn. A lot of text messages flooding in now. Farmer Doug in Leduc says, In 2015, I had an attempted home invasion. I was on hold for 15 minutes, then had to wait an additional 20 for the RCMP to arrive. I made a citizen's arrest, and the individual had 15 charges placed against him. He managed to get off all of them against him, even with my testimony. If this individual ever shows up on my property again, I have to presume he intends me harm now. Oh, what? Sleeve leg? Listener says, I'm a police officer in rural Alberta and don't condone any property representative shooting an offender, but having arrested and charged many for fuel and property thefts and only to see them released after 30 days or less is disheartening. The judges have openly said in court it's only a property crime. The judiciary needs to be more accountable. True says, I'm, I'm not so sure farmers are afraid, as you suggest, but rather fed up and angry at inaction and not simply being taken seriously. However, I'd say that people in the city have had the same issues forever and are no less deserving of action. And lastly, an Edmonton listener says, I really can't believe this conversation at all. It just seems that people can just do and say what they want, no matter how or why. It's my land. And if you're on it, I have every right to do what is needed. The fact that people think nothing will happen is what's wrong with society. My kids learn that even in town, they stay off people's lawns unless asked or know those people.